Praise to the Lord for this day. Praise God for everyone, those who are present today and those who are away, those who are traveling. Want to give a, a special welcome to Shabash and his family. We felt the absence of his family while they're away. And we praise God they've come back healthy and safely. And we also welcome you if you've been traveling, have been away, and we uh, ask that God would protect those who are traveling, Charles Hilda and others. Sylvia wasn't here two weeks ago, but we, uh, we shared about this verse. And we were talking about confessions of faith, and that's what we want to continue with today. Sunday school for the children today? Okay, the children are therefore free to go to their class. Uh, two weeks ago we started this subject. For those who weren't there, I'll just go over the main headings of, of the sermon. Uh, we talked about how when we make confessions of faith and declarations of faith, how powerful that can be if it's done correctly. And we talked about the different types of confessions of faith. And we gave different examples of the confessions of faith. And we discussed how when we make confessions of faith, our relationship with God is alive. I think and it's a, it's a relationship of holiness. We become the mouthpiece of God. And I gave a number of verses which, is, which I won't repeat today. Secondly, our confession of faith has power when it's made in accordance with Scripture. I think So we make confessions of faith based on scripture. And thirdly, our confession of faith has power when we believe in it completely and say it in all faith. I think So that we so we believe that what we are saying will come to pass. So 
So fourthly, our confession of faith has power when we make it conscientiously, conscious of what we're saying as opposed to just saying empty words. So we know what we're saying, we're completely conscious of what we're doing. We're not doing it out of a sense of ritual or responsibility, but we're doing it out of a place of revelation and belief. Fifth, our confession of faith has power when we declare it with all of our heart and all of our soul. Sixth, our confession of faith has power when it is made in unity. As a church, when we confess of one heart. God honors and blesses personal confessions of faith, but when as a church in unity, the church confesses in faith together, there is power there. And today we are continuing. Seventh, which we're going to, which we'll discuss today, uh, our confession of faith has power when it is made in the name of Jesus and in a manner worthy of His precious blood. The words of our tongue have no power in and of themselves unless we declare them with the authority of the name of Jesus. And we need to declare things in faith, not because of our self-worth, but because of the, the worth and the, and the um, authority of the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Satan is petrified of the two most powerful weapons we have, the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. The two things which give us such confidence to come into the presence of God the Father are the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. No matter how spiritual we are, no matter how experienced we are in no matter how much knowledge we have, no matter how long we've been a Christian, none of those things convey power to our confessions of faith. In all circumstances, we have to confess in the name of in the name of Jesus. And with the authority of the blood of Jesus. And we lean completely on your grace. Not in our name or in the name of anyone else. But in the, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty blood of Jesus. We bind, we loose, uh, we set free. I have a habit every morning when I wake up. 
I make three declarations and confessions of faith in my bed. Before getting out of bed, I make those confessions of faith. And then when I get up, I do the rest. The first is this. This is the day that you have made. You have created. And I rejoice in the in the creation of your day. Secondly, today I believe that all power and authority is in your hands. And that you are sovereign over the day which you have created. Thirdly, my confession is the following. I believe that your mercies are new every morning. All these confessions are in line of scripture. And then I say, in line of all these things which I have confessed, and in line of scripture, I get out of bed and I put my feet on the floor in the authority of the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And I feel victorious throughout the whole day. Because I didn't get out of bed on the wrong side. I think that uh, in other words, my day started with a positive foundation, not a negative one. So it doesn't make a difference whether it's a cloudy day or a sunny day. Whether I've slept well or slept badly. Whether I saw good dreams or bad dreams. Whether I feel healthy or sick. Whether I'm in a good mood or a bad one. That's my confession. And in the morning, I tend not to ask for anything from God. I don't like to start the day asking for things from God. That's my personal experience. Maybe if you try what I do, maybe you'll experience some of the blessings which I have. Because for me, in the morning, in principle, it's a question of confession, and uh, and praise. I, I do my intercession and my requests before God in the evening. This really helps me to have a victorious life. And whatever I confess and declare, I do it in the name of Jesus. And through the blood of Jesus. That really helps me to believe that I have victory. The other thing which uh, helps our confession of faith to be powerful and effective is if it uh, it brings glory to God. The Bible says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, may it be to the glory of God. David says, not to ourselves, not to our, our being, but may, may praise be to your name alone. And he says, let us come together and, and raise the name of the Lord, magnify the name of the Lord together. 
So our confession of faith isn't to serve our own interests or our own ambitions. We don't do it to get answers to our prayers and enjoy the blessings of answered prayer. And we don't make confessions of faith just so we can feel good about ourselves. The ultimate aim when we make a declaration and confession of faith is that the name of the Lord be glorified, that the name of the Lord be magnified. It's extremely important. The motivation has to be right. When David met Goliath, he made a mighty confession of faith. He said, I believe, I'm sure, that God will give you over to me, so that all people here would know that he is the only God of Israel. And the name of God which you have brought down will be raised and magnified again. That's why David was able to say that even though Goliath came with all of his weapons and his army, he came, David came in the name and the might of God. He took his weapon, his sling with the stones. And he, he, he threw the stones out in the name of Jesus and it hit that part of Goliath's head which was empty. So when David did that, he wholeheartedly wanted to see the glory of God. I know a preacher, he went to pray for someone who was sick. Before he prayed, he gave a condition. He said, I'll pray for you on one condition. That when you are healed, you'll tell everyone that I was the one who prayed for your healing. Don't give anyone else his name. Because I'm doing it in faith. I think the others don't have faith. That was his implication. Say, the others aren't really spiritual. I'm the only spiritual The others don't have that gift of healing. How much authority and power do you really think there is in such a situation? It really is painful when we try to, to reach levels of glory in our own God sees our motives. He wants us to see his name magnified. Let it, let it not be so that Gentiles, like the Gentiles, look and say, who is your God? Let us jealously protect and seek to magnify the name of God. And there's something here quite uh, particular which I'd like to emphasize. And I want to keep it for the end. I think uh, I'd like you to really focus on this. Our confession of faith has power and is effective when it's continuous. 
Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Mm-hmm. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Uh, I also want to share chapter 10, verse 12. Ապաթողոթենանք <speaking in foreign language> Let us hold unswervingly to the faith we uh, to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What can we understand from these three verses? What is our difficulty in this? Our problem arises if we make a confession of faith, but we don't continue to stand in that confession. If we don't see results quickly, if we don't get answers quickly, we get disillusioned and our heart grows cold and we don't carry through our declaration. We do it whenever our heart feels like it, when we're in the mood, maybe a few times a year, when we feel very happy we might, we might make such a declaration. But generally we don't take it seriously, we don't carry it through. People who are under medication and need to take a tablet every day. In those situations, the doctor might say, well, you have to take your tablet three times a day after meals. You have to take this antibiotic once every eight hours. And he fixes the time until you get the result you need. Some people are on pills for their whole lives. 
And in the same way, if we don't continuously take care of the, the situation we're in spiritually, we won't get a result. So we shouldn't stop making our confession of faith and we shouldn't get disillusioned. We should continue to stand in our confession uh, regardless of the circumstances. No matter what the circumstances were, Daniel's windows were open and three times a day he stood and made confession. The Apostle Paul says if you want to fight a good fight, you need to make good confession. Is it possible to fight a good fight? Because fights generally are not good. They're tiring. You get wounded. You, you, lives are lost. And fighting and war generally is not a good thing. And people who go to war are, are at great risk. How can our battle, our fight with the world, with Satan, be a good fight? Is it possible to get pleasure from the fight you're in? Your fight can be a good fight if you are declaring a good confession. If you uh, if you become crushed, disillusioned, bored, and you're not continuous in your fight, it's true and it's natural that the fight will be an unpleasant procedure. Which type of faith did Jesus particularly? Uh, emphasize is standing out which was especially precious for Jesus which type of faith was it the, the type of people who came and snapped their fingers and wanted a result sometimes we do snap our fingers and God gives an answer but sometimes you've prayed and confessed and declared in faith for years and nothing's happened. For people who've received their answer quickly, it's not so difficult. But sometimes we get our answer with great difficulty. Elijah very easily closed the heavens so that it wouldn't rain. But when he wanted the heavens to open, it was rather more difficult. And he had to keep praying and asking until the heavens opened. So faith isn't just receiving quickly and easily. Faith requires perseverance. Faith requires standing in confidence. Faith requires battle. Faith requires standing until you receive. To whom did Jesus say, your faith is, amazing, your faith is great? Did he say to the disciples? 
Never. He said the opposite to the disciples. He said, you have little faith. He often rebuked them. Where is your faith? Where is your unbelief? Why do you not believe? Why did you doubt? He never said to the disciples that they had great faith. Even though they were his disciples, they were weak in their faith. They later were strengthened in their faith after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To whom did he say your faith is great? It's an amazing thing for me to see to a woman who wasn't a Jew. She was a Gentile. She was from she was a Canaanite. She had a sick daughter. The daughter, the daughter was demon possessed. And the Canaanite woman asked Jesus to heal her daughter. Jesus didn't give much attention to her request. He just kind of ignored it. He ignored her. Isn't it surprising to see Jesus not giving attention to someone who asks for it? But this woman wasn't depressed. She came back. She threw herself at Jesus' feet. She said, have mercy on me and my daughter. Jesus Jesus answered, I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. He said, I don't have anything for you. It's surprising to hear such words from Jesus. Was Jesus a nationalist? Did Jesus not care for other races? If that's so, what are we doing here as Armenians? He gave an answer. And the woman didn't understand why Jesus spoke to her this way. But when she didn't get what she wanted a second time, she continued again. What did she do the third time? She made a great fuss with a loud voice. She shouted out, have mercy on me. Everyone heard that the disciples were sick of her. They held on to their ears. Lord, just give her an answer so that we can be rid of her. But Jesus gave a much worse answer. I think I, I, I assume that if Jesus had given that answer to me or to you, we would, we would have completely left our faith behind. If an English person heard those words or an Armenian, Jesus spoke to them like that. He said uh, the, uh, I forget what it is in English, but um, uh, you don't give the, the meal prepared for, the, for your children to the dogs. In England, dogs are highly esteemed. 
But for, for the Jews, they weren't at all. And that culture, calling, uh, referring to someone as a dog, was a huge insult. So this woman was thinking, I'm a dog. And Jesus is calling me a dog. Such a great insult. What have I done to be deserving of such a title? I want healing from you. You heal everyone. So why am I being labeled a dog? This is why the Bible says our faith is tested that it might be purified as gold. Our faith is being tested and purified that it might be made, made pure. This Canaanite woman stood once again. She wasn't disillusioned. She didn't lose hope. She continued her good confession. What did she say? Oh Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs which, which fall from the master's table. In those days in particular, the people would sit at the table, they would eat their meat and they would throw the, do- the bones to their dogs. It wasn't like it is now where dogs have all this t- you know, luxury dog food. In those days, people wouldn't spend money on their dogs. And I think in Iran and in Armenia, uh, dogs are treated like they were in those days. If you really want to insult someone in, in those cultures, you say, don't speak like a dog, don't bark like a dog. In, in Iran, it's a, it's a huge insult. The same in Armenia. But I don't think it's like that here. In Israel, it was like in Iran and Armenia. But that woman, she stood in her confession. And she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Please give me the portion which is mine. Now Jesus has come to, to really appreciate the faith that she has. The test is over. The, the woman passed her test. And she was successful. She said, woman, he, Jesus said, woman, your faith is great. And he never said I'm ready for Jesus to call me the name of any animal he might choose. Dog, pig, elephant. Even wild animals. But I want to hear Jesus say to me, your faith is truly great. I want him to appreciate my faith. Brothers and sisters, uh, the Bible tells us that our faith is made manifest and made secure. And there are many verses like this. 
There are many verses in the Bible which say that our faith has to go through many trials that it might be tested and purified. To, to, to really be validated. I'd like to close by giving my uh, story of my personal experience. People in uh, Iran are close to calling me Job. Because we went through so many trials I don't want to go into long details. Many of the pastors whom I served under were either killed or put in prison. They were jailed. I remember in one week we had uh, funerals on subsequent days uh, for, for two martyrs. There was a lot of pressure. They put me in jail several times. They put pressure on me to... To stop, uh, to stop evangelizing. And, and they saw that nothing worked and so they killed Brother Haig with 27 knife wounds. And they thought, this is his brother, if we kill him, then he'll stop doing what he's doing. Because they knew that if Haig is killed, then I have to take his place that I would take his position in the church. It was extremely difficult. With Brother Haig, we grew up together. We used to share the same bed, back to back. We were so close. They killed my beloved brother. It was hugely painful. When I remember his body, I just I have this particular feeling I feel inside. We still carried on our work, our mission. Many, some years passed and my first wife died. It was a huge blow to me. They killed my brother and now my wife had died. We had wonderful memories together. We'd been married for 28 years. We had four kids and I was suddenly left alone with my four children. Would you agree that these are real blows? These are truly attacks. These are trials, aren't they? Really painful trials. Uh, you know, some people might have rotten marriages and maybe one of them dies and they think, okay, I'm suddenly set free. But that wasn't the case with me at all. It was hugely painful for me. Some time passed. Other difficulties began. In my second marriage, we had problems from within the church. From the Armenian nationalists in the church. 
who really started persecuting me saying why have you married a, a Christian Iranian and they wanted me to step down from my position and the internal persecution I felt was a different type of pain and and many, uh, many empty words were spoken in relation to a marriage which was a good witness. We came to England. And it wasn't, we hadn't decided to come here. Because they were really persecuting us as a married couple in Iran, we couldn't go back to Iran. So against our wishes, we stayed in England. And we had to start our lives all over again in a new country. This was a blow. Praise God that he used this for his purposes. And all of this is still continuing. Now different pastors, different heads of the home group, uh, cell groups who I lead, many of them now have been put in jail. Just to really get at me. And whenever they take them and put them in prison, they curse me to these people. And they, they swear, they, 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 they really curse me for wanting to destroy Islam. And they, they, they say he's sitting in England and he still won't leave us alone, even from England. And they've, they've got their network here throughout. Even here. I live in these types of conditions. Don't think that if I stand here with a big grin on my face that I'm, I'm carefree and I don't have any problems. Don't think that I have everything in my life is nice and cozy. I get bad news every single day. Someone phoned me. I said, are you okay? He said, if I was okay, I wouldn't be phoning you. So we'll always get bad news, but I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I can say something with integrity. Try and be like me, for God's glory. I can't say that for everything in my life. I can say for, for certain things, but in this regard, I can say it. And all of these problems I've been through, Satana I've said to Satan, say, I say to Satan, whatever you want to do, yes, do it. I stand firm. And I'm going to follow through yes, my intention. And I won't turn back. And I'll see it through to the end. Do you
Եվ ամեն օր բարի տավանան Եվ այդ ինձի օգնելա որի հաղթական կյանքը։ And it's helped me to have a victorious life. Եվ երբեք էլ չնայեմ ես դժվարություններին եւ սատանայի խանգարումներին եւ արկերտներին։ I try not to look at the problems and look at what Satan is doing to distract me. Իսուս ասաց ես աշխարհում դուք դժվարություններ կունենաք։ Jesus said you will have problems in this life. Բայց քաջացեք որովհետեւ ես հաղթել եմ ասած։ Take heart for I have overcome the world. Եվ դուք էլ եք հաղթել։ And you too have overcome the world. Ամեն։ Մեր հավատքի դավանանքի մեջ ուսած have changed situations. Let's stand together. And praise God for the confession of faith. Let's stand together and confess our faith. Can Let's make some declarations of faith together. Let's do it together. Hallelujah. For our personal lives. For our families. For our church. Let us declare and confess the promises of God. Let us confess what who God is. Let us confess our position and authority. Let us confess the victory we have over Satan. Hallelujah. Let's give praise to God. That we can speak as Christ speaks. Spoke. When we confess our faith is let loose. It comes out of prison. And we can continue in the right spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to make some confessions of faith and I invite you to say Amen with me. I believe that whatever you have said is yes and Amen. Amen. Yes, Amen. I believe that you will not bring shame to those who confess your name. Amen. 
I believe that what you have said is true and that you will stand firm to that. I believe that you are my father and I am your child. I believe that you are my protector. I believe that you have all authority and power. And you control everything. And you reign over everything. I believe that I am a child of God. I, am a, I, have, the, I have the inheritance of God. I am in the line of the high priest and of the king. I believe I am bought with the blood of Jesus. I believe I have great value in front of you. I believe that as I pray now, you say Amen with me. I believe in answered prayer. I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. I believe in miracles and healing. I believe that you can you can liberate the demons possessed. I believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the cross of Jesus. I believe in the resurrection. I believe he will come again. I believe in eternal life. I believe, I believe that all of this is true and real. I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Let us confess daily such truths and you will see how much your lives will change. Let's sing this song as a confession.
I want you all to make confessions of faith throughout this week and next week come and share what happened to you. May I ask you not to ask for anything from God this week, just to make declarations of faith. The things which God put on my heart, he also put on Sylvia's heart. We haven't discussed this on the phone. We haven't emailed each other. But the Holy Spirit has connected us. This is a message to you. Confess it. And on Tuesday when we come together to pray, we will confess. Carry on making declarations of faith. And next Sunday, I want to hear different testimonies of what declaring these things of faith has brought you. So, from the 13th to the 20th of July, we declare it's a week of confessions of faith. So, I wish you a wonderful week of confession. Positive declarations of faith. May the Lord be with you.